Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Liz Wolfson. And I'm Mira Nagarajan. And today we're going to talk to you about This Week in Eating, which is where we've been eating out lately. We're going to talk to you about new restaurants we love and recommend. And then we're going to tell you where we're headed next. Sounds great. Where have you been eating lately? I recently went to Benito Bar which is the new bar that has been installed in Frida's restaurant, which is at 622 North and South Road in University City. And several months ago, Frida's closed so that they could renovate the space and put in the bar and do some changes to the menu. So they've just recently reopened So we went to check out Benito Bar, and it is so beautiful. It is just this tiny little kind of jewel box when you enter the restaurant. The restaurant seating is to your right, and then to your left, there's some sort of like very beautiful kind of more casual couch seating. There's lots of plants, and then you see the bar, and it has this beautiful gold gilded ceiling with all of these dozens of tiny clear hummingbirds that are suspended from this gold ceiling kind of above you when you sit at the bar. And there's one tiny colorful rainbow parrot that is like suspended within all of these clear hummingbirds and it's super cute. That's so fun. It's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful space. And they've done such a great job with it. They have a really excellent cocktail list, you know, very sort of tropical flavors, as you might expect. I should mention that Frida's and Diego's are named after the artists Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. So the drink that I had was the Oaxaca's Last Word, which is made with Buho, B-U-H-O, Mezcal, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. I love a mezcal cocktail. It had those smoky mezcal notes. It was a little juicy, but not too sweet. Really great. Really loved it. I like that about a mezcal margarita because I think sometimes, you know, if you drink a margarita with the salt on the rim, it's great because it kind of tempers the sweetness. But if you don't want salt on the rim, mezcal is a great substitute because it kind of just balances it out if you want something less sweet than a regular traditional margarita. I agree. Mezcal certainly can be neutral, more like tequila. Mezcal does not have to be smoky, but a lot of people associate that flavor with mezcal. And that's something I really like about it because I think it brings more nuance and kind of like interest to a cocktail. So I enjoy that personally. So that was a great drink. They also have a lot of both NA cocktail options. They have a lot of low ABV options that are marked as um, session cocktails. So I think that's kind of nice if you're looking for something a little in the cocktail family that's less high octane than like a spirit like rum or um, tequila or maybe it's drink number two yeah drink number two exactly um trying to keep it cute but you're still looking for something tasty in terms of the food 
The menu is the Frida's menu. So if you're sitting at the bar, you can order from the Frida's menu. And we had a baked goat cheese dish, which was just, you know, fabulous. Everything you want baked goat cheese to be, you know, zesty and zippy and, you know, a little funky from the goat cheese, but not like too funky or anything. And just um, a really nice bar snack. So great experience. Love Benito Bar. Speaking of Frida Kahlo, it's interesting that came up. I went to Cinder House mm. And I happened to be downtown with a friend, and we were going to get lunch. So we went to Cinder House, and we split. We got two salads and had half and half each salad, Mm, which was perfect. Yeah. And our server was so helpful. She recommended that we not miss the dessert that was new to the main menu. There was, for International Women's Month, they did a special prefix menu where Different female employees came up with a course for this prefix menu that was inspired by a famous woman in history. Very cool. Yeah. The dessert was made by one of their pastry chefs. Her name is Tiffany Gilmore. And she made limone rellenos de coco, Mm. which is lime, uh, coconut stuffed limes. Mm. And apparently Frida Kahlo was really into this dessert. Okay. And I had just gotten back from Mexico City where Mm. I went to the Frida Kahlo Museum. Mm. So I feel like she's in my space right now. She's in your orbit. Yes. So I decided we should get it. And the, the dish when it comes to the table First of all, I will say I'm a dessert person. Mm -hmm. I hate missing dessert. If there's a dessert menu, I want to get something from there. I want to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's just dessert is one of life's simple pleasures. Oh, yeah. Dessert is a must. You know, and I feel like sometimes people are like, I'd rather have a cheese plate or I'd rather have another savory dish. And my feeling is you should and more. And also dessert. Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, We got the dessert, and it comes to the table. It's a white chocolate shell that's shaped into a lime. Obviously, it's larger than a real-life lime, but it's sculpted into this giant lime shape, and it's sitting on a bed of toasted shaved coconut chips, and they instruct you to whack it open, Mm. and inside is this coconut mousse, and then... In the center of this moose dome is what looks like supremed lime. And I don't know if they did anything to the lime because it wasn't, it didn't taste that sour, but maybe paired with the white chocolate and the mousse, it just is like the perfect balance of flavors. And I honestly felt like it is my favorite dessert that I've had in St. Louis ever of all time oh my gosh an all-time favorite dessert yeah that is big because it was so creative the presentation is exciting and fun and it's obviously artistic there's a lot of work that went into like making this sculpture and then everything was in harmony and it's fun to play with your food. You have to like whack it open. It the was whacking just a, is fun. Yeah. The whole thing was great. I felt really excited to experience it. And then they said that everybody really enjoyed that dessert so much that it migrated it over to the main menu, even though it was just special. Oh my gosh. 
So it's here to stay for at least for some time. Well, go out and try Mira Nagarajan's new favorite local dessert. It's so good. And we should note that Cinder House is the restaurant inside the Four Seasons Hotel. Thank you. In downtown St. Louis, kind of on the landing, I guess, landing adjacent. The address is 999 North 2nd Street, but it's inside the Four Seasons. So I also went to another place called Rosanna. They're at 403 Lafayette Center Drive in off of Manchester in Baldwin, I think it is. So they're at the intersection of Baxter Road and Manchester in Baldwin inside of the Deerberg's complex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they are... A Mediterranean, Middle Eastern restaurant. There's a bit of a Syrian twist to the menu, too. And I got a few things that I thought were really, really delicious. One was their cheese fatire, which is on their hot meze's mm-hmm. appetizer list. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little round of dough with the melted cheese in the middle. Mm. And it's super like a yeasty, springy, soft dough with the cheese. And it's warm and it's irresistible. Mm. I think four come to an order. I got two and that felt right to share. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed more than two pieces. Mm -hmm. When you sit down, they give you a trio of dips. They give you a beet dip, potato dip, and a black bean dip. And the black bean dip totally took me by surprise. The potato dip was sort of like cold mashed potatoes, but in a good way. And the beet dip was a little vinegary to kind of balance the earthy sweetness that it naturally has. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And then what are we dipping in? Is it some pita? Pita. Pita. Great. Yeah. Very fresh. Mm-hmm. And then we also got their mutabal eggplant dip, which is mashed, grilled, smoky eggplant with mm. yogurt and tahini and garlic. Mm-hmm. Can never go wrong. You really can't. I mean, I guess you could. But. I mean, I guess, but, you know. <laughs> You're setting yourself up very well. Yeah. I mean, people love hummus. I love hummus, but I like the eggplant dip with falafel. I feel like falafel with hummus is like, yes, I get it. But I want to have a little variety here. Oh, I love, yes, like any eggplant dip, the one you're describing, baba ganoush with a falafel. It just adds something a little extra, I think, while still having that kind of creamy, hydrating sort of like element to the falafel that's kind of nice. Yeah, I agree. Their falafel was a little bit different. Like, Normally, I think falafel are round, and then when you cut it open, it's herbaceous and green inside. These were more of a flat disc, Mm. and they were not super herbal inside. And then they were really crunchy on the outside, and they had pressed sesame seeds into the outside, too. So there was like a double crunch factor going on, which I thought was great. And overall, awesome experience. It was really a nice price point, too. Mm. Very affordable. And I also felt like, you know, if I was going shopping at that particular Deerberg's, I already know myself. I would want to place an order there, Mm -hmm. do my shopping. And because after you shop, you can't cook. Well, I can't. Mm -hmm. And then pick up that order on my way home for dinner. There you go. Yeah. And then you're stocked for the week, but you already have a dinner as soon as you get home. You just put away your groceries and you know, or eat first and then put away your groceries. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot cook after I've shopped. I've Mm -hmm. just lost all my interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Shopping is exhausting. Yeah. So that was this week in eating. Now we're going to move on to our to this week's hit list, which is new slash new ish places that we really love. 
first up, we're going to talk about Sato, the new restaurant from James Beard-nominated chef Nick Bachner, owner of Endo in Botanical Heights, previously of Niponte, which was owned by his mother, Ann Bachner, which has closed. So Niponte is no longer, and now Sato is the new business, that new restaurant that Nick has opened on the Hill. It's, the I think, the first non-Italian restaurant to open on the Hill. Certainly the first Asian restaurant on That's the right. Hill. Yeah. yeah, they're at 5201 Shaw Avenue. They are in the old Giovanni's on the Hill space. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge restaurant. They have a sushi bar where I think they seat eight people at the sushi bar. And then they have over 100 seats in this restaurant. There's a main dining room in the front when you walk in. And then in the back, there's a huge dining room. Yes, very large. It looks great in there. I felt like the lighting was really nice. Mm -hmm. I appreciated how dim it is. I'm always a fan of dim lighting in a restaurant space. I went with Ian Shaw, our staff writer, and Michelle Volansky, our colleague from Sauce, for their soft opening. And it was super packed. There were a ton of people there. A lot of industry people. Like I was sitting next to Mike Markart, who is one of the owners for Blueprint Coffee. And Nick is really great with networking in the restaurant community. And so a lot of people were there and it was fun to see. It was a really great experience. I was most looking forward to something from the dry aged fish menu and also something from the tempura menu. So when I went, I got to try their madai yaki, which was Japanese sea bream that they age. So I think dry aging, similar to the way that you dry age a steak, mm-hmm. it helps to tenderize the meat a little bit. It works to deepen the flavor of the meat or the fish. And in the case of uh, the madai, they were grilling it on a super hot grill with charcoal that burns really clean. So really what you taste is just the fish and the skin on the fish got super crisp. Mm -hmm. And they served it with a chimichurri sauce. And I was totally floored by it. I thought it was so delicious. It was really tender. The texture of the skin was like crispy fish chips. It was the best. So I also tried from the tempura menu their broccolini tempura, which was served with Parmesan and then an aioli. And that was really great because the crust on the tempura was shatteringly crisp. It was very delicate and and light, but it had such a nice texture to it. And I loved that it was a vegetarian option. There, I tried another vegetarian option. It might even be a vegan option, which was their Japanese pumpkin with green curry sauce mm-hmm. and roasted pistachios. So it had this great interplay of texture from the pumpkin and the pistachio and then the sweetness from the pumpkin and the spiciness and this herbal like mix from the green curry. It's just an all around. I think it's a carryover from Indo, but it's all around an amazing, amazing dish. Yes. I have to say, I've been hearing about the Indo pumpkin curry for since I started at Sauce. I was very excited to finally get to try it. It is a long beloved dish. <laughs> 
Did you get to try it? I did. It was delicious. <laughs> I just I love that for a place that is so committed to sourcing great seafood is also making their menu available to people who maybe don't eat fish, but their friends do and they want to go hang out still. So there's some there's something there for everyone, which 100%. is 100 nice. percent. Absolutely. Yeah, that is a great facet of the dining experience there. Did you get anything to drink when you were there? Yes. So I when I went, I was unable to join for the soft opening because I was out of town. I was in Portland with my husband, which was very fun, but sad to miss the Sato soft opening with the colleagues. But so he and I went last week with some friends and fabulous experience. It was also very crowded. So, you know, reservations definitely recommended. It was wonderful. And I had to drink a sake that you all had gotten to try, which I am fairly certain is called Bride of the Fox. It's definitely something, something fox, and I'm pretty sure it's Bride of the Fox, is the only sake with fox in the name. So if you go and you want to try it, look for that one. It was the best sake that I've ever had. I'm used to sake being more on the sweet side. And this was just more neutral, I would say. You know, refreshing in the way that a nice white wine is when you have a crisp white wine. But it still had that sake... You know, those notes, that little bit of, I don't know if it's it's funk, but that kind of, that ricey, that fermented rice flavor mm-hmm. that sake has. Like, it had that, but without the sweetness that I'm used to with sake, so. I thought it was so good with all of the food. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, everyone else I was with ordered cocktails, which are being done by the person who runs their bar program, Kira Webster, who is very talented, and everyone loved their cocktails. Everyone ordered multiple rounds of cocktails. And I would have also loved to have had a cocktail, but I was loving the sake so much that I just had to get it again. Well, (laughs) I had their Higashi Teeny. Michelle ordered that. And I think you can get vodka or gin in it. And Kira described that she wanted a brine bomb or an MSG explosion with a little heat to tie it all together. So the drink has sherry in it that is infused with garlic, black pepper, MSG, and Thai chilies. Then she makes this olive brine with Castelvetrano olives and lemon bitters. And the brine also has vinegar and pepper in it. And then she floats a little bit of sesame oil on the top. Mm. So it's got this very, like, silky, kind of luxurious beginning to the drink. And it's very, very savory. Mm, Yeah. It's kind of a very smart and different take on a dirty martini. And they're so popular right now that seeing all these riffs on it is very enjoyable. And this is a good one. Yeah. And I feel like we should say, I'm not going to, like, dive into a deep history of MSG, but... The myth of MSG causing headaches or whatever, that is not scientifically accurate. Do a Google. Do not be afraid of MSG. It is delicious and makes food taste better. That's all I'm going to say about MSG. (laughs) Great note. In terms of the food that my table ordered, as one does at Sato, we ordered many things to share. But then we each ordered um, a few pieces of nigiri. All I can say is that I loved it. 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with anything from the nigiri or sashimi list. I don't think so. When we were there, we tried some of their uni that they had. They had a Hokkaido uni, and then they had a Santa Barbara uni. And Michelle and Ian got the Santa Barbara uni because they said it was a little bit bigger and a little bit like saltier and brinier. And the Hokkaido one was smaller and sweeter. And they were both fresh and delicious. And I think it's fun to go to a place like this where there's so many different kinds of things on the menu that maybe you've not had before. Absolutely. So you can feel comfortable knowing that they've sourced it as best as they can and served it the way that it will highlight its best qualities. Absolutely. The cutting and preparing sushi sashimi is a true art, and it is one that Nick and his team have incredible proficiency and skill with. So you're in very good hands. Yeah. Did you want to talk about any of the rolls or anything like that? You know, we ordered the chawanmushi, which is... It's basically like a seafood custard. They make like a dashi broth that they use to make the custard. There was crab in it and mushroom in it. And then on the top, it's sort of got this sweet glaze almost that resembles a flan. And then there's a piece of uni on it. And there was also some salmon roe. So when you ate it, it's this very silky custard And it's got great flavor from this crab that's in there. And then it's kind of got this hint of sweetness from that glaze that's on top. And then these bright saline pops of flavor from the salmon roe. And the uni just adds like another layer of richness. And again, I don't think there are a lot of places in town that are making chawanmushi. I could be wrong about that, but I have not seen it frequently. So It was such a delight to experience it and have it, knowing that it was made so expertly. So I really enjoyed having that. I highly recommend. If that sounds like your jam, Chawanmushi is really, it's going to be a great experience at Sato. I will definitely be trying that the next time I go. It's just very rich and very decadent. Mm -hmm. And it's tiny, too. So it's... I mean, you had me at seafood flan. I mean, <laughs> I can't, it's like, how could that be bad? It that sounds you, amazing. You can't go wrong. Okay, well, so should we talk about where we're going next? Next, we're going to go to Salsa Rosada, which is at 3135 Olive Street in Midtown. And that's uh, from the same people that own and run Mayo Ketchup. Which we love. Which we love, which is in Lafayette Square and also at City Park at the St. Louis soccer stadium. stadium. They're doing, whereas mayo ketchup has more of a Puerto Rican, Dominican influence from those cuisines, this new place is pulling from Colombia and Venezuela. So... One thing that I'm excited about for their on their menu is the arepas that they're doing. Mm, mm-hmm. And arepas are basically grilled cornmeal cakes or fried cornmeal cakes that are stuffed with something. Yeah. So you could get it with cheese. You could get it with shredded beef. You could get it with shredded pork or right. whatever. So I'm excited to try that. I think that'll be really good. And they also have empanadas, which we love from mayo ketchup. But yes. they, these 
have the dough that they use to make the empanadas are also made with corn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like arepas because that cornmeal has like a little bit of a, you know, it has that little bit of like crunchy texture to it, which is nice. Yeah, like it's I don't know. It's just like an extra little thing. So, yeah, I'm very excited to try that. And then the other place that we are excited to check out is Maryland House by the team from Brennan's. And that is at 44 Maryland Plaza in the Central West End. And as I understand it, this is the space that was formerly called Mandarin House. Which I used to love. I never went. I feel like I really, I somehow really missed out. What's great about Mandarin House and also what's great about Maryland House is this space is so huge and they've got this amazing outdoor patio balcony space. Right, right. And it's just a fun hang. It's just a cute view because you're looking over Maryland and there's like those pretty houses. Yeah. And it's just a scene. So I'm really glad that the space has been revived. Yes. And we know that Kevin Brennan, he's a true master. We love Brennan's. I mean, what a scene. Yeah. What a great spot. Always a great time. Great drinks, great food. And so I am very confident that the new Maryland house will be equally a fabulous destination. Yeah. Brennan's, what what they do so well. I mean, like you said, they do everything really nicely. I just love that interior so much. Yeah. It's just so cool. It's so cool. It feels like you're in like an exclusive like club, which it's not exclusive. <laughs> Anyone can go. But it has that kind of like clubhouse feel a little bit, like leather couches, like bookshelves. I can't remember if there are books on the shelves, but I feel like there are. It's just very polished. Yes, very polished. Yeah, I'm sure Marilyn House will be equally stylish, equally, like, cozy. I can't wait to check it out. Okay. Before we close out for this week, we should note a couple of corrections from our first episode. So in episode one, we talked about Bagel Union, and I thought that I knew the history of the bagel, which apparently I do not know as much as I thought I did. I mean, I know this to be (laughs) (laughs) so many ways. Anyway, the bagel is not originally from New York. The bagel is originally originated in Poland and then went from Poland to New York. So I correct that. And shout out to local chef restaurateur Ben Perimba, who recently posted on his Instagram about the history of the bagel ahead of the opening of Deli Divine, where they will be baking bagels. And then my second correction is the delicious fish dish at Chili Spot, which I had talked about. And I had mentioned zucchini as a component of that dish. And that is not zucchini. It is cucumber. Okay, my correction, I did have one. It's from La Tiendita at City Park at the St. Louis Soccer Stadium. They do, I said that they were doing a chicken tinga taco, but it's chicken pibil. So, yes. We, Can't win them all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we offer those corrections humbly and with gratitude, and we will talk to you next week. See you next time. 